Hello, everyone. This is the 40 Guard Labs Threat Intelligence Podcast. My name is Jonas. And once again, I have my good friend, Amar Lakhani with me. Amar, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Jonas, I am doing well. Always good to be back, man. It's uh, It's been a long time. I know we both, both have been very, very busy in the world of cybersecurity, but it's always good to be back and have a sit-down conversation with you. Yeah, definitely. You are back from RSA. I'm in the middle of Southeast Asia, traveling around right now in Jakarta, but really happy to do this podcast be- with you because there are some things which have been happening recently. Yeah, you know, you know, it has been it's been crazy. First of all, as, as you said, uh, the RSA conference, uh, what a success. It was great to see things back in full swing. I would say uh, very, very uh, reminiscent of, uh, you know, how things were pre-COVID. So not, I, I, I still think not quite there yet, uh, but, uh, but uh, very close. And as, uh, as you said, I know you've been, uh, uh, I, I think last time we spoke, you were uh, like in seven countries in less than 10 days or something like that, something crazy. So you, I know you've been hitting the road. So uh, interesting, interesting times, my friend some something like this but but definitely we do have some threats though which we really need to focus on because you know over the last two years or maybe even much much longer but pretty much since i know you we have always been talking about phishing emails about malicious attachments which are containing weaponized code so macros which are executed on endpoints and once executed cause a lot of harm. So this has been a very major topic, especially throughout the last two years during COVID. There have been a lot of phishing emails abusing the current situation. And there's something new. It's still related to office documents, but it's um, a little bit of a different story. So this topic for Lena came across my desk and I'm not sure what you heard about it, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit more. Well, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with Felina just uh, on the type of attack it is. So just to level set, you know, as me and you have discussed in the past is, um, you know, um, office uh, documents with um, embedded macros in them, you know, probably a very, very popular attack vector. Essentially, a user opens up an office document, uh, they get a pop-up to enable or run a macro. Uh, you know, sometimes there's some social engineering attacks behind that. You, you, you know, the document says, you know, please click here for security scans or something like that they click okay and essentially they're they're attacked in this case it's the same type of attack but it doesn't use macros and everyone's like okay uh they thought if i don't enable macros or if i can do enough training on macros and then let me make sure uh, you know users know not to enable macros no matter how good the document looks uh you know they'll be protected and this is not the case it's a zero day it's a zero day that's been out for a little bit now uh, you know a few weeks it still has not been patched it's a pretty serious zero day and i would almost classify it as a not only a zero day but a zero click attack and a zero click attack which means says that you need no user interaction which also means that you need no there's no user training you can do to protect against this so just to back up and make sure we're all on the same page is what this does is this uses um, the, the, the Microsoft diagnostic capabilities, MSDT uh, protocols uh, within uh, Office documents. So it's that little pop-up sometimes you see, hey, do you want a diagnostic, uh, you run diagnostic or something wrong has happened to the document or in the program, you know, do you want to see what's going on? But uh, once you run that, that, the attack is 
basically using that. It's still using HTML remote code. You're basically going out to a third party server or an external server running HTML remote code. Uh, and that's what's happening, but it's using a different uh, you know, process or a different capability in an office to do that. And that's that's the scary part of it, right? I mean, is uh, that people didn't really think um, uh, about uh, you know documents running remote HTML code in a different way besides macros. Yeah, and it's it's super severe, right? It's in native to all versions of Microsoft Office. So we are talking about 2013, 16, 19, 21, Office Pro Plus, Office 365. So pretty much the whole suite, which is probably the most prevalent product which Microsoft ever ever sold here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it, and it's it's running uh, as you said, it's affecting all versions of Microsoft Office, and the one thing to remember is Microsoft Office is not just run in Microsoft Office, and what I mean by that is. Outlook, for example, Outlook is a good example. Oh, but the default uh, viewer, uh, email viewer in Outlook is Microsoft Word or the Microsoft Word engine, right? And that's how you have the rich text, kind of the nice fancy little emails instead of just like plain boring old uh, plain text, right? So even if you're running Microsoft Outlook, at least some versions of Microsoft Outlook, and you have just a preview pane going on and it's displaying your email, it's possible this attack may, may uh, you know, occur in Microsoft Outlook in that uh, regard. Um, there are also, you know, some sort of uh, party email uh, applications as well as other applications besides email that use the Microsoft engine as well. So uh, even just the update engine in some versions of Microsoft Office is using the Microsoft engine. So uh, you could have that attack happen happening just by running an update um of course there's a lot of different things that have to happen uh, you, you know you know someone has to embed that attack embed the url and make sure it's being executed but it is kind of scary on how uh, you know how many avenues this attack can happen really and how it can be weaponized you know really without any user interaction definitely and talking about scary the cvs score is 7.8 so 7.8 out of 10 it's a remote code execution, which is uh, always super scary. But it's also interesting how we even discovered that. As far as I know, there was a security researcher who goes by the name of Naosek on Twitter. And apparently he found a malicious or he found this sample on VirusTotal, so a pretty big database. And it was uploaded by an IP address from Belarus. And he analyzed about what's happening in there. I saw some common links to a guy who did a bachelor thesis about it a couple of years ago. So it seems like some really smart guys put their heads together and were able to figure out these things. And fortunately, this security researcher was able to find it and hopefully we'll have a patch available very soon. But in the meantime, as far as I know, one of the best ways to secure yourself against this kind of attack is to disable the MSTT URL protocol. So pretty much the diagnostic tool, which you mentioned before, because once you see that and it injects the HTML file, which contains JavaScript from whatever remote location, it's pretty much too late already. Yeah, so uh, first of all, let me, let me just go back to uh, how it was discovered because I think this is really interesting and I'm sure the attackers are uh, you know you know probably a little upset because they 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 probably burned a very very good vulnerability. I'm sure it would have come out eventually anyways uh, if especially if it became wide used but uh, um, you know who who knows how long it's been in the wild before that. You know there are some indications now looking back at uh, you know some data that was uploaded to places like VirusTotal that it, it 
may have been used for a long time, but, uh, but uh, wow. It, uh, uh, you know, what, <laughs> you know, a good thing for the good guys, a bad thing for the bad guys, but that, that, that got burned, uh, you know, probably in a way I, I suspect that faster than they wanted. And as you, and you are right, uh, you know, you kind of, kind of the best way to uh, stop this attack is to, uh, you know, disable the MSDT protocol itself. Um, you, you, you know, but I do want to point out that's not the, that's not the only opportunity you have to stop attacks. Uh, for example, you know, uh, at Fortinet, right, uh, you know, we, we look at like our IPS signatures as well as a lot of other security companies. We're looking at any remote code, uh, HTML remote code being executed, right? A lot of uh, IPS systems will do that. A lot of EDR systems will do that. And that's, that's important because you have other attacks that could happen with remote code HTML, regardless of the protocol they're being used. We talk about COBOL strike beacons quite a bit. Uh, there's other types of uh, beacons, uh, the types of remote code execution. A lot of them do use uh, HTML, uh, you know, to execute that. So, so I think that's that's important. And, uh, and you know, when you are running HTML to embed protocols, then yes, you do have to think about deep packet inspection, uh, SSL intercept, all those things can happen, but it can happen on a variety of different applications and uh, and, and protocols. So that's that's the things to remember. Also, you have a great opportunity on the endpoint itself with uh, EDR products like 40 EDR to actually stop the payload from being executed. Because remember, the code is like part one, like of the attack. Part two of the attack is the actual malware, the actual bad file, the actual thing that actually does damage, and that's what we normally call the payload, right? And uh, and then you always have an opportunity. To stop that payload from being executed or even if it is executed part three is what is that payload doing where is it connecting to is it connecting to any known command and control systems or what is it doing while it's being executed so you have multiple opportunities to stop attacks like this even on a zero day definitely and talking about what is the payload doing our super brains at 40 guard labs they found some samples as well some attacks where this vulnerability is already being abused for a Quackbot delivery. So Quackbot is a very prevalent information stealing malware, which I think is on the market or has been seen the first time back in 2007. So pretty mature, grew quite a bit over the over the time. And it's, it's kind of a key malware part of the installation as a service botnet. So Quackbot is capable of pretty much loading any potential additional malware. And we have been seeing it often using Ransom uh, as a ransomware loader for later stages. Uh, I think Black Pasta was a previous one which we have seen. So the the flow pretty much is the attackers are using this Folina vulnerability, sending a malicious email which arrives, for example, as HTML attachment, and then downloads a zip file with the malicious word file in it. And once it's executed, it it downloads the loader which then downloads whatever the attacker wants. So so we really see how sophisticated these attacks are and how many things are being changed together here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So what we have is we have this attack that we talked about, Felina uh, attackers are basically using that attack to um, download, uh, you know, uh, Quackbot, uh, essentially. So they're packaging that up. As you said, Quackbot's been around since 2007. It's definitely changed since 2007. It's been a service, mostly an attack as a service or malware as a service uh, type, uh, uh, you know, you know, product. Uh, so it's been changed and updated quite a bit. But once Quackbot downloaded then uh then the attacker that is controlling quackbot can has the opportunity of downloading other types of attacks 
normally, as you said, ransomware, but it can be other types of service like uh, a remote access Trojan, uh, just getting on the system, uh, taking, uh, taking out information, uh, you know, a lot of other things. And I think we're going to see more of that. So because because Folina has been out for a little bit and there isn't a patch, there is a lot of proof of concepts that are out there already. So you can run this attack on your own uh, uh, without too much sophistication, at least a demo of this attack. Uh, there's, there's a lot of proof of concept code out there and it shows you how easily it's going to be, uh, it, it, you know, it can happen. This is definitely not going to be the first or uh, last attack that we've uh, seen uh, Folina being used for. And uh, and uh, as as you said, uh, we saw that at Fort Garda Labs, so like already where it's being used, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot more. Yeah, we, we're going to keep tracking it. But as you, as you mentioned, due to the nature of this being in so prevalent across all the Microsoft Office products, and the amount of phishing attacks which we have seen in the past using these macro techniques, I would not be surprised if in five years time, when we have like thousands of episodes of this 40 God Labs podcast, we will still mention it here and there since it has a lot of potential to cause a lot of harm in the future. So we will definitely monitor it much, much closer and uh, keep you guys updated based on what we find. Yeah, absolutely. Amar, it was good talking to you. This was a, an exciting podcast and I hear you soon again, my friend. Have a good one. Hey, same here, buddy. Same here, man. Uh, so you have a good one. Uh, try and keep your feet on the ground a little bit with all that travel or at least at least enjoy some good food. I, I miss being in Asia, so I'm looking forward to seeing some uh, uh, unique cuisine on your Instagram, I guess, or your Facebook. But, uh, uh, but man, you, uh, you stay safe in all those travels, buddy. Singapore is opening up. A lot of conferences are coming back. And this goes as well out to all the listeners. If you ever attend one of our conferences, please feel free to hit us up. Have a talk with us. Let's go out for dinner and have a good time together. Thanks so much for joining in, everyone. This is the 40 Guard Labs Threat Intelligence Podcast.